Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the wonderful privilege to serve you. And now, as we continue this seminar, we'd like you, Lord, to work in a mighty way, to change our lives. We are here to be changed. We are here to be ready for your soon coming. We'd like you, Lord, to come and influence our thoughts, influence our way of understanding that this seminar will be indeed a blessing for all of us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. We'll go straight into the topic of today. As I promised you, we are going to talk about faith today. Faith is so important. Increase our faith. That is the topic. You see, Jesus Christ asked this question in Luke chapter 18 and verse 8. Luke chapter 18 and verse 8. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So Jesus Christ was wondering when he comes back, is he going to find faith on earth? That is a very important question. And all of us, we need to know if Jesus Christ will find faith in us or with us. And that's why today we are going to study this rare commodity. So faith becomes a rare commodity because Jesus Christ even he was wondering if ye will find faith on earth. And we are going to find the answer to this question. Faith. What is faith? You know, the classic um, definition, Hebrew chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is what? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That is faith. And uh, there are many definitions in the spirit of prophecy. I've just picked one. It said, faith is the spiritual hand that touches infinity. That is profound. That is deep. But it is true. Faith is the spiritual hand that touches infinity. And the importance of faith. Faith is so crucial. Faith is so important. It is a rare commodity, but it is so important. Why? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it said, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is not said it is hard, but it is impossible. So without faith, it is not possible to please God. Meaning, we cannot be saved without faith. We will we'll see that. Because Jesus Christ is our Savior. But how we are going to receive that salvation? How we are going to receive the blessing, the power of God that uh, He has already promised? It is through prayer, through faith. So faith is important, and this is what we need. 
We need to have our faith increased. Faith. What is it? Why is it Import, so important? But let's talk about the importance of this faith first. He said, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And then, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. No faith, no victory. It's not possible. It's not possible to please God. It is not possible to have victory. Meaning, without faith, there is defeat. You see, the devil does not want us to talk more about faith. Because when we talk about faith, we have this strong weapon. And he cannot defeat us. But I'm glad today that this is our topic. This is our topic, and we will find the key to have our faith increased. Okay. And then no answered prayers without faith. James chapter 1, verse 5 to 7. No answered prayer. And Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. It is said, for you are all the children of God by what? By faith in Jesus Christ. You are all children of God by faith. Just to tell us that this is so critical. Faith is so important when it comes to our relationship with God. But the unfortunate thing is written in Second Testimonies. Page 442. The solemn truths they profess to believe are not reality to them. Meaning here we are talking about the people of God. He said the reality, the solemn truths they profess to believe are not reality to them. They have not genuine faith. They don't have faith. So among us, faith is also a rare commodity. We may go to church, but without faith. We may take our Bible, but without faith. Because it is written, they have not genuine faith. So faith is something very important. But unfortunately, it is said that among ourselves, this is also a rare commodity. What is the definition of sin? You know the classical one. It is the transgression of what? The law of God. But there is another definition of sin that we, we don't use much. And that is in Romans chapter 14 and verse 23. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. Have we used this definition before? Not very often. He said, what is sin? It's transgression of the law of God. But there is another definition. It is said, everything that does not come from faith is sin. Even if you are doing something 
Maybe something good, but if it is not, if it does not come from faith, is sin because of what is going on in our hearts. So, sin, lack of faith, I mean, acting without faith is defined here as a sin. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. And in King James Version, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Because this one here, this kind of definition, if we lack faith, then we will do things that uh, prompt us to commit the transgression of the law. Okay, what is our greatest sin? You know, one people, um, people think of, of greatest sin. We think of many things. But let's listen to what is written in the spirit of prophecy. Our greatest sin is what? Unbelief in God. So our greatest sin is unbelief in God. You see the importance of, of, of faith. Has he not shown us how precious we are in his sight? And with what value he regards our souls by giving us Jesus. We are required to unite our souls with Jesus Christ that we may have no tame, commonplace experience. So, the greatest sin is what, everybody? Is unbelief in God, which is lack of faith, not believing in God. Lack of faith. You see, many times we are thinking of a place, oh, this is a hard place to, to labor. We cannot win souls here. But when we reflect over this, yes, of course, some of the territories are harder. But in fact, there is another reason for not having big results. Mark chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. He, meaning Jesus Christ, he could not do any miracles there except lay his hand on a few, on a few sick people and heal them. Very few. The result was so few. Why? And he was amazed at what? At their lack of faith. They were amazed. So the result was not due to the territory. The result, the lack of result was due to what? Lack of faith. And it is true. I, I know this from experience. We have tested this. There is a district, churches. That territory was so hard. And we sent someone there. Someone with a lot of a praying man and uh, having faith, humble man of God. The same territory. It is amazing the result. In a very short time, the membership has actually doubled. Same people, same territory. What is the difference? The leader, the one, the evangelist, the evangelist, he has this faith. 
And the difference was tremendous. So, one, we say it is hard. We need to think twice. Oh, this territory is so hard. Yes, it is. But there is one reason also of, for lack of result. It is lack of faith. All right. Okay. Okay, in this occasion, it is actually the faith of people. The faith of people for their lack of faith. So it can be both. But we can see, when you study the Bible, this can be actually overcome by prayer and fasting, Jesus said. We will we'll see that. Okay, why not powerful? The reason why... The precious important truth for this time is not powerful to save is that we do not work in faith. So that is the reason why we don't see power. Uh, of course, we have to thank the Lord for what is going on uh, as we discussed yesterday. When you talk about lack of power here, it does not mean that no power at all, but small power, uh, a weak a weak one, meaning not to the full potential. So why it is written here, the reason why the precious important truth for this time is not powerful to save is that we do not work in faith. You see, there is a relationship between result and faith all the time. You see the correlation uh, we've seen so far? And there are disturbing statements. When I read this, I said, wow, this is disturbing. He said, every, I want us to read this together, every failure on the part of the children of God is due to their lack of faith. Every failure, and every means every, every failure, you just think, of, just think of failure. Every failure. When you think of something that called failure, that one is due to lack of faith. He said every failure on the part of the children of God is due to their lack of faith. Um, I was not the one. It's the spirit of prophecy who says that every failure on the part of the children of God is due to their lack of faith. Another one, and that is in uh, Patias and Prophet, page 657. And then uh, this statement is uh, Testimonies, volume 6, and uh, page 438. The coming of God's kingdom is hindered by what? By lack of faith. Think of that. We are here today because of lack of faith. Lack of faith. So, it is said that the coming of God's kingdom is ended by lack of faith. Lack of faith. So what is the great need of the church? Yes, we need buildings. We need money. 
We need many things. But that is not the greatest need of the church. The greatest need of the church is what? A fuller sense of God's relationship to those whom he has purchased with the gift of his son. A greater faith in the onward progress of his cause in the earth. This is the great need of the church today. So the great need of the church today is faith. That is the commodity that we need. It is faith. And we will continue why. Why is this our great need? He said, let not waste time in deploring scantiness of their visible resources. Meaning, don't write another book of lamentation. One is enough in the Bible. Huh? One, one we don't have. He said, let's let not waste time in deploring the scantiness of their visible resources. You know, um, many times, oftentimes actually, we lack the resources we, to do what we want to, want to do for the Lord. And um, the servant of the Lord said, no, no, no. Don't even write another book of lamentation. Don't write another book of lamentation. You just uh, write the book of Acts. The book of Acts, as we said. The book of lamentation, it is already closed. But the book of Acts, there is no conclusion, as we studied yesterday, because the remaining chapters will be written by you. When you go back to where you, uh, we are based, remember to ask God to help you to write few chapters or many chapters of the book of Acts because the book of Acts has no conclusion. Now, let me probably finish my, my thought. Why? Why is it that faith is the greatest need of the church? Faith is the greatest need of the church. Why? He said, the outward appearance may be unpromising, but energy and trust in God will develop resources. Let's unpack this. Okay, there are two kinds of resources. According to this, visible resources and invisible resources, right? In the Bible, we see them, both of them. Just an example. You remember the multiplication of the bread. Jesus Christ had a seminar for three days. It was a big, big gathering. Probably 15,000 with children, women, and everybody. After three days, there was a problem. There was no food. And then the disciples said, let us be realistic. They started the option, options. And they said, no, there is only one option. We cannot provide food for this crowd. Let them go home. Send them away. Then uh, they will find their own food. We cannot. Because for them, they were thinking only of the visible resources. 
But Jesus said, no, we cannot do that. They will collapse. This is far. They have been here listening to the word of God. We cannot do that. Let us be kind to them. Let us be kind to them. We cannot do that. And uh, they could not believe. What is this? And someone said, listen, if we are going to bring trucks and trucks of bread here, we cannot even provide half of this. Jesus said, no. Send them. Don't ever send them away. Feed them. Give them something to eat. What is the difference? For the disciples, they were only looking at what? The visible resources. But Jesus Christ said, no. I have other resources. Go and find whatever you can find. And uh, they did some, some searching. And uh, finally they said, oh, there is only a meal. And not only even a meal for a grown-up uh, man, just for a little boy. So that one, what can we do? Jesus said, okay, that is enough. Bring it. That is the visible resources. And it was given to Jesus Christ. And when Christ prayed, faith, through faith, that visible resources, I mean the invisible resources, were converted into visible resources. Faith is a converter. Convert the visible, the invisible resources into visible resources. That's why we should not write a, another book of lamentation when we lack things. Our problem is not resources. Our problem is faith. So instead of complaining about many things, the spirit of prophecy says, instead of that, ask God to increase our faith. Because... As it is said here, the outward appearance may be unpromising. Right now, maybe your experience is not, your situation is not promising. You may have challenges in your ministry, maybe in your personal life, maybe in your family. The visible resources may be very low, but that is not the only resources that we have we still have the invisible resources. And that is the difference between us and those corporations. For them, they only depend on what? On the visible resources. But for us, that is just the tip of the iceberg. What we see, it is just the meal of this little boy. But if you bring that little visible resources, God can multiply it. And he has done it many times. So if we have this faith, then resources will not be the problem for God, for the work of God. God has enough resources to sustain his work. God is not desperate to say, oh, I am so poor. I really want to preach this gospel. I want really to preach, but you know my resources. Um, I don't have enough resources. No. Silver and gold belong to God. But 
God wants to, you and I, to participate in this saving soul. And he wants us to exercise this faith for our own sake. God could have preached without us. But God said, no, I have another plan. I really want you to contribute. You are my, you are my children. I want you to take part in this. That's why I'm inviting you. But for you to do that, please work by faith. Exercise faith. So, faith is a converter. Converter. To convert the visible, the invisible resources into a visible resources. Okay. Time is running fast. Let's, let's go quickly. If you want power, we, we saw this. If we want power, you may have it. As it is awaiting your draft upon it, only believe in God. Take him at his word. Act by faith and blessing will come. Blessing will come. And here is a very encouraging a statement. For the disheartened, there is a sure remedy. Faith, prayer, and work. This is actually, this is a cure for the disheartened, the depressed, the discouraged. Three things. Faith, prayer, and work. Faith and activity will impart assurance and satisfaction that will increase day by day. Are you tempted to give way to feelings of anxious foreboding or utter despondency? In the darkest days, when appearances seem most forbidding, fear not. What do you need to have? Have faith in God. Even if you are in the darkest situation, we need not, we need not, to be discouraged. Fear not. What you need is to have faith in God. You see the importance of faith. And here again, in um, volume 8 of Testimonies, page 12, when in faith we take hold of his strength, he will change, wonderfully change, the most hopeless Think of the most hopeless situation you have now in your personal life, family life, working place, and, uh, and also in your ministry. God can change that. I remember one of these. I, uh, I conducted uh, a seminar like this in South Africa. And um, as we, as I told you already, I don't want this just an intellectual exercise. I want this also to be an experience that we will never forget. I have decided not to conduct any seminar or preaching if that will be just a routine thing. I am asking God that every time we have this kind of meeting. It will be a life-changing experience. That when we go home, we will be changed, will be different. Otherwise, what is the point of spending time here sitting down and then uh, coming here and going out the same? 
There's no point. You might have just uh, maybe do some other things. So we, have, uh, we had our seminar. And uh, after the seminar, I gave some time for people to talk and to also to ask a few questions. And some of the questions are private and uh, private ones. So there was this sister. She came crying. When we sat down, she cried profusely. And I said, sister, what is wrong? And then, uh, while, he wa while, he was, uh, while she was crying, she was saying, you know, I have a daughter. Um, every morning, she cries before going to work because the situation in the workplace is terrible. But she cannot afford to quit because she needs the money. But every morning, Pastor, my daughter cries, she suffers. And then another one said, I have a son. I did my best to raise him in the faith, but now he is far from God. Almost every night, he comes home drunk. Drunk. And he's no longer interested in any spiritual thing. And, uh, Pastor, I'm suffering. My situation is desperate. And I said, my sister, we are going to pray. We are going to ask God to intervene because man's extremity is God's opportunity. So we prayed. We prayed. And then I left. You see, the division is quite large. 2.5 million members. So when I conducted seminar like this, um, it will be very difficult to keep track. So one, one year after, there was a, a big meeting, women ministry, that was in Zambia. Thousands of, of people flocked into that, uh, that meeting. And we, we took the plane from uh, South Africa to go to that country, Zambia. And uh, so many people came from South Africa and from different countries because it was a division-wide uh, division um, women ministry congress. And uh, um, we, I also boarded the plane. And when we reached the airport of Zambia, I heard a voice, pastor, pastor. Uh, and I continued, you know, we have to pass through custom and so on. Pastor, I saw, I, I heard this voice behind me in front of everybody. The, the sister was so excited. It was almost like an embarrassing thing, but it's okay. Uh, it's a joy in the Lord. Pastor, pastor, in front of everybody, the custom officers and, uh, of course, the, uh, the hundreds of people traveled with us for this uh, woman uh, ministry congress. Pastor, don't you remember me? I said, yes, I remember you. And she mentioned the name and also the place. You remember when I asked you to pray for me. 
to pray for, for my son and to pray for my daughter. You know what has happened? I said, no, I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> Tell me. He said, you know what? After our prayer, the Lord intervened in a mighty way. It was a desperate situation, but after that, my daughter got three interviews, and she was accepted in three of them. She had only to choose just one because she could not, uh, she could not take the three. <laughs> so only one. And then, and then she said, the Lord is so good and merciful to me. My son, pastor, my son, he is back now. He is strong in faith again. He said, praise be to God. I know that when in faith we take hold of his strength, he will change, wonderfully change, the most hopeless, discouraging outlook. You will do this not for your glory, not for my glory, but for his glory. So when you think of hard situation right now in your life, don't be discouraged because our God is more powerful than your challenge. Even all your challenges put together. But to do that, we need faith. Because it said, when in faith, when in faith we take hold of his strength, you will change. Wonderfully change the most hopeless, discouraging outlook. You will do this for the glory of his name. You see the importance of faith. Faith is so important. But that is the faith that Jesus Christ said, when he comes back, is he going to find faith on earth? Faith is important. Now, the big question. What do we need to do to have our faith increased? To have stronger faith? That is the question. The one million dollars question. What do you need to do, you and I, to have our faith increased? I really like to, to have that. You know, our God is... Okay. Um, let's go back. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. He said, God has given to every human being a measure of faith. Amen? You see, you have your computer. You have bought that computer. You have already what there? Inbuilt software for you to start. Then you can add, right? So, with your computer, you have inbuilt some programs, some software. Why? So that you can start. When God manufactured us, in built there is faith. So you have already the measure of faith. God has done that. That's why it is so hard not to believe in God, to be an atheist. I know of a friend he studied in France, and he got the mind of not believing in God. 
He studied for uh, six, uh, six years in the top, at the top university, in the top university in France. And uh, he told me, you know, um, once I was about to believe in God. He said, what has happened? He said, you know, I, uh, I touched electricity. And I was about to die. That was an accident. And when I was stuck there, the electricity, I, there was this urge in me, he said, to believe in God. But I resisted and I resisted. Finally, I managed not to believe in God. Why? Because God has put in us this faith, the belief. So it is against our nature. It is against the way we, we are made that we don't believe in God. Because right there, God has given to every human being, not only to Christian, to every human being a measure of faith. So that is already something to start. What we need is to activate this, this software Activate it. It is there, but probably it is dormant. But we just need to activate for us to have this faith. We need a program to activate this, right? What is that program? We will see. It is, by the way, it is a gift. Education, page 254. Faith that enables us to receive God's gift is itself what? A gift of which some measure is imparted to every human being. So, we have this measure of faith already. Okay. What is the program? What is the software? Romans chapter 10, verse, verse 17. He said, So then comes by hearing faith, comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So the word of God is the program. You have to make sure that faith and the word of God goes together. Because when you build your faith, not on the word of God, but in, on something else, it is not faith. Faith and the word of God. Meaning, if you really want, if you really want uh, our faith to be strong, if you want our faith to be strong, we need to saturate our minds with the word of God. We need to fill our minds with the word of God. If we fill our minds with junk food, things, that's really not helping us. Don't ever think that our faith will be strong. I know of a friend. The Lord is using him in a mighty way. And I've asked him, how many times have you read the Bible through? And he said, I have lost count. I have lost count. Is drinking the word of God. The word of God is the key. He said, faith comes by hearing. 
and hearing by the word of God. We have to mix our faith with the word of God. That is a kind of a fertilizer for our faith to grow. Otherwise, we cannot think of increased faith. Then, we need to talk faith. Remember the word of God? The word of God, we need to read the word of God. We need to go back to the word of God, spend time uh, studying the word of God. Uh, that is the key. Just decide that even if you are busy, study the word of God. And that is the key for our faith to be strong. And then talk faith. We need to talk express 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore spoken. What is the meaning of this? Meaning you need to profess your faith. We need to talk faith. We need to voice your faith. It's, this is an amazing thing. And Romans chapter 10, verse 8 to 10. The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith. You see the word of faith? The word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confessions is made unto salvation. The word of faith. We need to speak faith. We need to talk faith for the faith to be strong. This is, this is the spirit of prophecy. You will be surprised. The first volume of testimonies, page 699. Let's read this together. If you want faith, talk faith. Talk hopefully and cheerfully. Let's repeat it again. This is important. We can even memorize this. Very short. If you want faith, talk faith. Talk hopefully, cheerfully. All of us here, we want faith. So, the spirit of prophecy said, if you want faith, meaning I want faith. Really, I want faith. Then, this is, the, uh, this is the, the, the key. Talk faith. Talk hopefully. Cheerfully. And then another one. Let's talk faith. And what? We will have faith. Never utter a word of doubt. Never utter the word of doubt. You know, some people think that... Uh, doubting is a sign of, of intelligence. He said, if you doubt a lot, then you are, more, you are clever. And uh, if you talk about doubt many times, then you are above average. But in, of course, we have to question some assumptions intellectually. I'm not talking about that. We have to, to question things uh, when it comes to teaching and all these things. 
But when it comes to the work of God, what God can do, we should never doubt. We should never doubt. That's why in that context, it is said, let's talk faith, and you will have faith. Never utter a word of doubt. Don't even. Sometimes it is in, your, in our heart to be sincere. We, have, we still have this doubt, but don't ever open your mouth and say it. Don't say, you know, I don't really think that we can do this evangelistic campaign. Uh, it's too hard. Uh, we have never done it that way. I, I don't think it will work. No. Don't ever, don't ever uh, utter a word of doubt. So talk positively. Positively. We need to train ourselves. God will help us by his grace. God will help us. And Christ object lessons. Page 146. Talk and act as if your faith was invincible. What is the meaning of as if? Not yet, right? Not yet, but uh, you, you do it. Meaning, talk and act as if your faith was invincible. When you speak, when you talk, Talk as if your faith is invincible. Yes, the Lord will do mighty things. God will help us to win many souls here. Uh, that problem will be solved under God. God is so powerful. Yes, he has done it in the past, and he will do it again. That is talking faith. Talking faith and verbalize it. Said God will do it. I have no doubt that God will give us the solution for this. So you talk faith, and you will have faith. You may have still a, a shaking faith inside, uh, inside of, inside of your, your heart. Said, you still have little doubt, you know, as human beings, you have that. But don't say it. Just, just talk faith as if your faith was invincible. You see here, Ministry of Healing, page 253. You know, when you read some of the books, uh, you realize that you think that it is their creation. Then you realize that, no, that techniques, that technique is not, uh, is not created by them. It is from God. When you read this, it is just like our health message, you know. Um, the medical people these days, they are so happy to discover this, the cancer and all these things. But 100 years ago, we, uh, God has given that already to Ellen G. White, right? So the same thing here. When it comes to increase our faith, uh, let's read this. While words express thoughts, it is also true that thoughts follow words. If we give, would give more expression of our faith, we should have more faith. Let's unpack this. Normally, we think and then we speak. True or false? I think, then I speak. 
Of course, that is the normal thing. But to increase our faith, the inspired word said, to increase our faith, we can reverse that. We can reverse that. We ask God to help us to reverse that. If you want to believe in something, say it. While words express thoughts, that is a normal thing. Whatever you are saying now, under normal circumstances, you thought about it before, then you say it. Of course, some people, they say it first and then I think after. <laughs> but that is not the case, uh, the case that we are, what we are talking about. But here, it is a faith building. And this is from the spirit of prophecy. You know, I believe in the spirit of prophecy. God has given us that gift. Uh, and that's why when people start to play down the spirit of prophecy, I, I said, no, we are playing with fire. Because this is a gift from God. Uh, so when it is written, I believe in it. So while words express thoughts, it is also true that thoughts follow words. So words followed by what? By thoughts. Practically speaking, you say it and you will believe in it. If we would give more expression of our faith, we should have more faith. Okay, claim the promised blessing. But feeling is not faith. Early writings, page 72. Feeling is not faith. Don't say, oh, I don't feel like believing. I don't have that feeling. Feeling is not faith. The two are distinct. This is not an emotional thing. True faith lays hold of and claims the promised blessing before it is realized and felt. Here is faith, naked faith, to believe that we receive the blessing even before we realize it, when the promised blessing is realized and enjoyed faith, faith is, and enjoyed, faith is swallowed up. So, faith is not emotion. Faith is not feeling. Of course, there is a little, uh, there is a part of feeling. It's a package. But the spirit of prophecy is just, uh, just telling us that, no, even if you don't, don't have a strong feeling right now about this thing, but if it is promised by God, that is enough for us to believe. God, not that you feel, but God has promised it. So sometimes when you read a promise in the Bible, you don't have the feeling. You don't have that excitement to say, and you are wondering, oh, is this true? No. We should not take that as lack of faith. We need to just to believe, meaning because God has said it. God has said it, and uh, we believe in it. Vocalize faith. This, thing, this teaching is in the Bible. You know, I must confess that I didn't know this for some, I didn't know this before. 
uh, I, I know faith is so important. We need to increase uh, our faith, ask God to do it. But I did not know this. Uh, I'm so happy that I've discovered this, how to increase faith. Talk faith. It is important uh, to speak and vocalize our faith. In Hebrew chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, we are told why the unfaithful ones failed. They did not mix the promise with their spoken faith. I want just to summarize this. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 14. You know the story, right? What is it? It is about the spies, the 12 spies. They were sent by, sent by, um, by who? Moses said, go and spy the land and give a report back. So they went. They went there, and uh, they were divided into two groups. Ten said, no, there's no way that we cannot go there. We will we'll die. We'll be destroyed. These people, they are big. There is no way. It's not realistic. Uh, the best way is to go back to Egypt. Uh, that is a territory that we know, uh, we know we can survive there, but going to Canaan, there's no way. There's no way we can do that. It is so unrealistic, it is so dangerous, let's go, let's go back, let's, let's make a U-turn. But Caleb and Joshua said, no, what you are saying is true, these people are giant, but God is powerful, we will go there. They talk faith. The ten people, ten spies talk what? Doubts. But the two, they talk faith. And God said, God was so frustrated. And God said, uh, in chapter 14, verse 28, As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. He said, okay, you don't want to go to Canaan. That is what you are professing. You are saying you will not go. Fine, you will not go. You will not enter into Canaan. Because you have said it, I will do it. But you, Caleb and Joshua, you really want to go to Canaan. As you said it, I will do it for you. And you know the result. Those people who complained, we said, no, we'll never go there. We will die. What, what happened to them? All of them actually died in the wilderness. None of them entered the Canaan land. God did exactly what, what he said, what they said. But the two, Caleb and Joshua, they said, yes. We, go, we want to go there. We want to conquer the Canaan. We believe in the promise of God. We believe we are going there. And God did exactly the same. Caleb and Joshua, they entered the Canaan land. So God said, our time is up. God said, as usually as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. And in King, uh, King James Version, 
as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in mine's, mine ears, so I will do to you. So you say things, and God likes to do that. Of course, it has to be according to his will. The will of God is for them to go to Canaan. They said, we want to go to Canaan. Okay, Caleb and Joshua, you go. You said it, it will happen to you. You ten spies with all these people who are not willing to go, fine. You will not uh, cross over. You will, you will remain here. So faith, to be strong, we have to talk faith. And uh, uh, we have just two or three minutes. Um, Gideon, I want you to study the story of Gideon. They also talk faith. They also, they said, there was an instruction. Said, get up. Said, uh, God promised Gideon victory. But first, his army had to act and vocalize their faith. In Judges chapter 7, verse 15. Get up. The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. And the army acted their faith and then vocalized it as they shouted, A sword for the Lord and Gideon. As they marched, this is what they did. They vocalized their faith. David talked faith when he faced Goliath. You see in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45 to 47, he talked faith. That really, he needed a lot of faith to face Goliath, right? And then he said, well, uh, you see what will happen to you today. You will die. I'm just paraphrasing. He talked faith. You said that, but you see what will happen. He talked faith. He, he did not act yet. He has not done that yet. But he talked what? He talked faith. Uh, it will happen like this. And if you study this chapter 17, it happened exactly the way David said it, including cutting, cutting the head and using the sword. So God, when it is according to his will, when you say it, God likes to do exactly the way you want it. But if you doubt, then God said, well, since he does not believe, I don't see, uh, there's no point in giving him the things that he does not want. Uh, but he wants it, let me, let me give it to him. Uh, Elijah's experience, he talked faith as well. His experience in uh, First King chapter 18. I think after we will take a break now, we, we will read these, uh, these passages. Uh, it's really fascinating. I would like us to read that, but let's stop right here. Let's take our break, and we are going to study this. This media was produced by Audioverse for GYC, Generation of Youth for Christ. If you would like to learn more about GYC, please visit www.gycweb.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.